Ar Rahman Ar Rahim. All right, brother and sister. So, <coughs> looking at those three metaphors again. First, we talk about the behavior of hypocrites. Yeah. Uh, one is is that the light of guidance actually causes them darkness. Another, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Another is is that they have fear of anything other than Allah. Usually if you have fear of other than Allah, your fear is going to be a fear of death. Okay. Uh, what if I have a fear of the day of judgment? What do you think? Is that okay? Yeah. Let's try to see if you can shift your fear of death to the fear of the day of judgment. Okay? Because your fear of the day of judgment is actually a fear of Allah. Yes? I feel like um, growing up like in Sunday school and like Sunday school and stuff, they always like tell you to fear death. But really? like in the way, like in the same um, fear that they tell you to like fear Allah, like that same fear. I mean, it could be fear of the punishments of the grave, maybe. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But think of here. Let me uh, before you get to let me uh, give you a scenario just to imagine. Imagine you're in a room, okay, with all your family and friends, okay, and everyone's just hanging out, okay. And there's one door in front of you, okay? And then you walk through that door, and the door closes behind you, okay? And you're not even thinking about your family and friends who are behind you, okay? So they notice that you're gone, but you're not thinking about them at all. You're not thinking about the room that you're in. You all understand that, that image? Okay, I've just given death to you. It's literally what it is. You're walking through a door. The barzakh which is that new room that you're in, could be a very frightening room, or it could be a room that you're only in for like the blink of an eye. But think of death that way. You're literally just walking through a door. The process of walking through the door might be physically painful. Yes? Um, okay, so I understand that fear now, yeah. but um, can you define the fear of a law that like, we always like, hear? So think about, uh, think about your, what's going to happen to you on the Day of Judgment. Now imagine, okay, so let's, let's try to make paradise and hell as real as we can. So, uh, how many of you like cool weather as opposed to hot weather? Okay, how many of you like hot weather as opposed to cool weather? Okay, those of you who like cool weather, imagine you're in a cool place. Those of you who like hot weather, imagine you're in a hot place. Okay? And so, so, and in your location, it's sunny, all your friends and family are there, and you're hanging out. Okay, try to picture it as real as you can. Okay? And then get into the descriptions that the prophet, peace be upon him, gives. Everything you want to get, you want to drink. There's these little boys running around serving you, eager to serve you. Your home, if you're in the lowest level of paradise, is a pearl about 100 feet high. Pearl. Okay. That's if you're in the lowest level of paradise. In the higher levels of paradise, you're in a palace okay, that has 70,000 rooms. Try to even conceive of that. And each of those rooms has 70,000 doors. And you can fly. <laughs> okay, so that's paradise, right? And paradise is more real than what you have in your imagination. It's more real than how real everything seems right now here. But now, the opposite. Okay. Now, uh, let's say your house is on fire and you decide to stay inside, and you can't get out. Okay. And you can feel yourself burning. 
but that's for one set of sins. Okay. And then for another set of sins, these very frightening angels come to you, and they grab you, and they throw you to the ground, and they take an axe, and they start slamming you in your belly. Okay. And just try to imagine how, how painful it is. And you feel all the excruciating pain, you know, like that sharp pain, and then your belly heals, and then they do it again. While you're in the house on fire. So, hell is more real than that, and again, more real than us sitting here. Okay. So now, imagine <clears throat> everything that I'm doing is either making my future on the other side of that door more comfortable or more hellish. And so there should be an amount of fear that I'm doing something wrong. There should also be an amount of hope. So there's a narration attributed to Imam al-Ghazali, where he says that if you were to find out that only one person was going to go to hell out of all of humanity, you should have the fear that that's you. And if you were to find out that in all of humanity, only one person was going to go to paradise, you should have hope that that's you. Okay. So your fear and your hope of your akhirah should be 50-50, uh, balanced. Dunya, your hope for your future should actually be more positive than negative. Meaning what Allah has in store for you, it's guaranteed we're going to have struggle, but you should, your hope should be that he's going to give you more because of rahmah. But you should have fear that you're not going to live up to it. So what am I saying? What you have in store for you on the other side should be a balance of hope and fear. On this side, you should have more hope than fear of what Allah is going to give you, but more fear than hope of how you're going to respond to it. But the basic point is try to make it real. Okay. Uh, because the Day of Judgment is a train that we're all headed towards, and there's no way off. Okay. That was really helpful. Inshallah. Seriously, think about it. Because you also find among many of your peers, they don't want to talk about the Day of Judgment. What's also interesting is when I teach 8th graders, 8th graders love talking about hell. <laughs> right? Uh, when I teach 60-year-olds, that's the last thing they want to talk about. They don't want to talk about the Day of Judgment or anything. Maybe because in their mind, it's like literally right around the corner. Of course, it's right around the corner for any of us. All right. So now look at these metaphors again. One is that when guidance comes to them, it causes them darkness. Another is that they have fear of all these things other than Allah. They have a fear of thunder. And another, the third, is that they're seeking light from something that's actually dangerous for them. Light. Now, think about in your daily lives, sometimes when you're afraid to practice your Islam. Okay. Sometimes what we're afraid of is what are people going to say? That's the fear of thunder. Right? Just like in the metaphor. Okay. Or sometimes we're going to turn to something that can't help us. Like maybe we'll decide, all right, these people I wanna, are the people I want to spend time with. They'll be good for me even though I know they're harmful. That's the hypocrite turning to light. Right? Looking for light from them, but it's something dangerous. Okay. And all of this is setting up the stage now for this next ayah, which is the first command. Meaning, what holds me back from practicing the commands of Allah? One is I just don't want it. Yeah. It causes me darkness. Another is, okay, what am I going to have to deal with? Am I going to have to deal with people saying things to me? Or am I going to have to people deal with people doing things to me? And another is that, yeah, I can live an upright way without religion, without a law, right? I can, I, I can be a good upright person. If I'm upright, then inshallah, I'll do paradise. Okay. 
And so, what is the attitude we should have regarding the commands of Allah? That number one, we see them as good for us. And thus, we try to fulfill them, one, because we have to, but also because we know it's beneficial for us. So now, the first command. Ya ayyuhan nas, all you who believe, u'budu rabbakum, be the abd of your rabb. First command of the whole Quran, meaning starting from page one. These are two interesting terms, abd and rab. Abd is the word that ibadah comes from, worship, acts of worship. So how would you translate abd? Sorry? Worshipper is good. Slave. Okay, slave in our society might have very negative connotations, but it is not incorrect. It's an interesting term. So if we get really deep into the meaning, what is this? It is to give your most extreme love. Okay. So think about this. You have love, which we might call hope. You have adoration, which might be ishq, like passion, adoration. And then you have worship or ibadah. Okay, think about what you do when you love someone. Meaning when you guys are fantasizing about your wife or husband, whoever that person will be. Like, uh, you know, who loves someone like a Bollywood star. Anyway, so what do you do with your object of love? You'll think about them. You'll want to be in the company of them. You hope they'll love you back. You'll value what they value. You'll value what they value in the way they value those things. Okay, all this is part of love. You might even change yourself to earn more of their love. All this is part of love. Deeper than love is to adore. And when you adore, you're now seeing your beloved on a pedestal. All you see is perfection. You can't conceive that your beloved has a single flaw. Maybe some of you feel this way about Beyonce. Maybe some of you feel this way about Justin Bieber. But the point is, do you get how it's okay? So, so <laughs> the point is that when you love your beloved, all you see is beauty, even though you know that there's flaws. When you adore, all you see is perfection, and you can't even conceive that there's a flaw. Worship is when you voluntarily, lovingly, completely surrender. So all of humanity is being commanded, completely, voluntarily, surrender to Allah. What does that mean? So if this is the command, I want every one of us to start practicing it now. What does it mean we have to do? Like, if it said pray, then we know we've got to make our prayers. Or fast, or charity, we know that we have to do something. What is this telling me to do? Okay, so part of it would be to love him. And what else? Like, like, what is going to be different about me from this point forward? What am I supposed to do now? So my goal should be from this point forward that whatever Allah tells me to do, I'm going to try to do. Some things are going to be easier. Some things are going to be harder. Some things are going to be intimidating. Some things not so much, but I'm going to try to fulfill them all with trust that Allah will take care of me. Okay. That should be the attitude. So I want everyone to take a moment and see if you can make that your attitude. So the attitude, I want you to, and we'll take about 15 seconds on this, I want you to try to think to yourself, from this point forward, 
Whatever it is that Allah tells me to do, I'm going to try to fulfill. Some things I'll fall short on, and I'll do tawbah, but I'm going to try to fulfill. Whatever it is that Allah tells me to try to do. Really try to put this in your mindset for the next 15 seconds. Okay. So, sometimes you might need to redo that every day to remind yourself. There's a, there's a story of a conversation that the Prophet him has with Omar. And Omar is saying, I'm paraphrasing, and Omar is saying to the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, I love myself more than I love you. And the Prophet is essentially saying, uh, you're not going to have to remount until you love me more than you love even yourself. And then what does Omar do? Okay, now I love you more than I love myself. And he goes through this moment of really deeply reflecting on it, and then he changes it. So a lot of this is an internal thing. But this is also interesting. Be the abd of your rab. Most of your translations will say your lord. I'm going to give you a precise translation that's this long. If any of you can give me this exact translation in one word or in two words, I'll give you $20. Okay? Okay, so get ready for this super precise translation. And I'll repeat it to you a few times. Okay. Throw in $20, everyone gets you happy. I could have said a view paradise, but $20 is more value. <laughs> okay. Your rub is whatever takes you, or something that takes you from immaturity to maturity, according to your unique design. Your rub takes you from immaturity to maturity, according to your unique design. I'll say it one more time. Your rub takes you from immaturity to maturity, according to your unique design. As a summary, I often say nourisher. But that's totally incomplete. So I'll give you time to come up with like a one word you know, opportunity for $20. Okay. But what are we saying here? This is also a type of rahmah. Allah Ta'ala is the one who's taking you every moment of your life, every aspect of your life, through your whole life cycle, according to your design. Right? So there's however many people in this room, 20-some people in this room, 30 people in this room. Each and every one of us, he's taking us through our whole life cycle according to our, my own individual design, according to your design. So he has an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with everyone. Okay. How different would this ayah be if it says, be the abd of your malik? What's malik? King. King, master. So how different would this ayah be? Yeah, it's like, if you make it malik, then it's just slave and master. Okay, just obey. But if it's your nourisher, then what are we saying? He's the one who's taking care of you. Right? And so that's what we said. The attitude I should have is whatever Allah Ta'ala tells me to do, I'm going to try to do it and look at it as something taking care of me. Something good for me. So this is also a principle in Islamic law, in the Sharia. Everything that is fard on you, it's not just this burden. It's beneficial for you. Everything that is haram, if you do it, it's harmful for you. Even though you may not be able to see the benefit of the haram. That's part of the, the principles of how Islamic law works. So here we're saying two things. Try to have the attitude that you're going to fulfill whatever it is Allah Ta'ala tells you to do, and you're going to see it as Allah taking care of you. Okay. And then, what is the rest of the ayah? He created you 
as he created those before you, so that you may get taqwa. One of the questions we asked at the beginning of class yesterday was this book is book a guidance for those who have taqwa? Well, how do I how do I get taqwa? This is the first step in getting taqwa also. So on the one hand, fulfill whatever it is that Allah is telling you to fulfill. This is also a pathway on getting taqwa, on developing taqwa. So there's two levels of guidance in the Qur'an. One is how to get taqwa. And then as you are developing, as you have taqwa, then a deeper guidance. Okay. At the same time. Okay. Next time. <clears throat> First, we're going to do some exercises. All right. Uh, you got to write a bunch of things down. Uh, and so if you have some blank paper, you're not going to turn any of this in, so you can just keep working in notebooks. I'm going to say some things. And I want you to write down the first two things that come to mind. You don't have to tear it up. You don't have to give it. You got to keep. Okay. So whatever I say, just don't even think. Just the first two things that come to mind, put them on your paper. And if you spend even a second thinking about it, okay, you're, you're doing it wrong. Okay. So the first thing I want you to think about. Okay. Earth. Two things, fast. Everybody have two things? Okay. Sky. Two things. Okay. Water. Two things. Right? Fruits. Two things. So one of the big aspects of the Qur'an, well, let me ask you this. So we just did our first command. How many ayahs, give or take, are there in the Qur'an total? Someone give me a number, a rough number. So 6,000-ish, 6,600, 6,600, you know. Okay. How many of those ayahs are commands? Where Allah Ta'ala is saying, do this or don't do this. Give me a rough number. Sorry? What, what number did you guess? The lower. So depending on whom you ask, anywhere from about 250 to about 500. So let's say it's 500. 500 ayahs out of 6,000 are instructions. What are we saying? We're saying 90% of the Quran is not instructions. Think about this. Often when we imagine Islam, we imagine okay, you got to do all these things, you can't do all these things. But that's barely even 10% of the whole Qur'an. Much of the Qur'an is focused on your thinking. Okay. How to think about Allah. How to think about the world. How to think about yourself. How to think about the Prophet. So that's sort of the exercise we're doing right now. So 90% of the Qur'an is not instructions. 
Yet, when we often imagine Islam, we just think of all these giant lists of commandments supposed to fulfill and not fulfill. And if you really think about it, what is one of the functions of those commands? It's to help us think properly, which then will lead us to behave properly. Okay. All right. So let's see what you, what you have. For Earth, what do you have? Planet Blue Green. Planet Dirt and Green. Dirt and Green. Plants and Life. Plants and Life. Waters, trees. Waters, trees. Green grass. Green grass. Beautiful and huge. What's the next one? Sky. What do you have? Fruits? Yeah. Fruit. Uh, apple and cake. Apple and cake? Peach and labor. Peach and labor. This is juicy and sweet. Juicy and sweet. Uh, mango and coconut. Are you daisy? Bananas and? Fruits and seeds. Usually what I do in this exercise is see how long it is before the first daisy says Treat. Sweet and healthy. Apple and orange. Apple and orange. Bowl and banana. 
I've done this exercise and no daisy said mango. But you know, our Syrian brother here kept this covered, so it's all good. Okay, so what do we do here? This part of the exercise, we are looking at all right, when you think of these things, what comes to mind? So now I'm going to do this exercise a step further. Who here is not from the Midwest? Is anybody here not from the Midwest? Where are you from? Toronto. Toronto, okay. You'll probably have the same answer as everyone else. Anyone here else? Where are you from? Southern California. That's like where you live? Yeah. Okay, so your answer will be interesting. Anyone else? Not from the Midwest? <laughs> North Carolina? So your answer will also be interesting. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> you're from? Toronto. <laughs> okay, you're probably the same answer. Beautiful. North Central? What does that mean? Like North Central College? <laughs> it was Indiana? Oh, okay, okay. You're from Hong Kong? <laughs> like you live in Hong Kong. Your answer is gonna be interesting. Alright. Okay, you're not gonna write anything down. All I want you I'm gonna give you a, a two sentence description of something and then tell me, just say it the first thing that comes to mind. Okay? Don't think, first thing that comes to mind. You ready? So you're good, you ready? Okay. <laughs> you're walking down the street and you see a leaf falling from a tree. First thing comes to mind. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hong Kong. What did you say? Um, I said um, litter. Litter. Okay. Yeah. Um, North Carolina. Orange. Orange. Okay. Uh, Toronto people. Maple. Maple. Yeah. 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 Shade. I said shade. Shade. Interesting. And all the rest of you said fall or autumn. Yeah. I said corn. Corn. I said corn. <laughs> what? Hey, I don't know. It's a corn. When I'm walking down the street, where I said it's corn. Is this store? School. Why did you say school? Wait, wait, listen to this. This is, this is illustrating the point. This is weird, but been a short ride if you were like looking at the tree the whole time. Plus <laughs> <laughs> the tree's running like, everywhere. Okay. Okay. And so you think about this tree. Yeah. Okay. Now it is still related. All the rest of you who did think of autumn, raise your hand. Autumn or fall? Most of you. Why? Because that's just when you see leaves falling. So those of you who said autumn and fall, uh, did any of you have a green leaf? You pictured a green leaf. Interesting. All the rest of you, your, your leaves were like orange, brown, red, right? Brown. Okay, brown. Your leaf was brown. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You have brown leaves in Silicon. Maybe you have brown people and you have brown leaves. So here's what we're illustrating. That those of you who thought autumn or fall, why? Because you were socially conditioned through the course of your life to associate a falling leaf with the season of the year. And it may even be that school was related, because that's often when school begins, right? And you might also, if you took it further, you would think of Halloween, Thanksgiving, things like that, the weather getting colder. 
because year after year, this is what you're being socially conditioned. And what are we saying? Almost everything you think about, you have been taught to think about things in particular ways. Okay. So for example, when we did Earth, how many of you thought of planet? Raise your hand. Good. And how many of you, when you're picturing the Earth, you picture the Earth in space? What do you think people did a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago before they had that as an image? What do you think they pictured when they pictured the Earth? Sorry? Yeah, they probably just thought of the ground in front of them. Uh, you and I, especially with all the images we have in the internet, when we think of Earth, we'll think of this thing floating in space because that's how we're conditioned. Okay. And what am I saying? Everything you're, you think about, including how you think of Allah, you're being conditioned to think a particular way. So often, students will come to me and will say, Allah hates me. Okay. And I'll say, where are you getting this from? Oh, it's because I'm such a horrible person, and so forth and so on. Right? And then we'd have, a, have to have a whole conversation about it. But a lot of times you're being socially conditioned to think that way. Right? Especially if you think about the pressures that are on you that you may not even realize, that you have to look a particular way. You have to dress a particular way. You have to be shaped a particular way. And we're taught in our society that if you don't look this way, you're, you're not shaped this way, there's something wrong with you. And then we internalize that. And then we think we're the ones who are flawed or broken. And that affects how we look at everything else. You'll also see very often what you think of your fathers will be very much related to what you think of Allah. Over and over again. Very, very close to each other. Um, if you think of your father as punisher, as tyrant, you may be thinking of Allah that way more than you realize. Okay. So I'm saying this is social conditioning. So what is the Quran focusing on? So much of it straightening out your thinking. Okay. So now we're going to continue the exercise we just did a little bit more. So we did earth, we did sky, we did water, we did fruit. Okay, now again, I'm going to say a one-sentence description and list out two things that come to mind. Okay, ready? The earth is a resting place. List out two things. The sky is a ceiling. Water comes down from the sky. I'm hurting my hand hitting it. Nice <laughs> a good job. Okay, so water comes down from the sky. Fruits are your sustenance. Okay. <clears throat> what do you got for the first one? The earth is resting place. Hammock and a grave. Hammock and a grave. Interesting. Graveyard and death. Graveyard and death. Sleep in graveyard. I said rust and grave. Rust and grave. Four graves. Sleep and lying. Sleep and lying. Okay. Yeah, home and blessing. Home and blessing. Syrian. Uh, beginning and end. Beginning and end. Didn't you have that for a <laughs> yeah, So everything that you can beginning and end. I feel like they're chilly on weather and falls and like water. Okay, nice. Bird and animal. Bird. 
What did you say for the leaf exercise again? Litter, yeah. Graves and sleep. What was the first one? Graves. Grave and sleep. Bed and sleep. Bed and sleep. student, can you explain to me what the Sufis are? And he said, the spiritual side of Islam. And I said, okay, can you give that to me in different words? With, uh, uh, he said, it's a side of Islam that's spiritual. <laughs> okay, what do you have? What was the first one? Huge and falling. Huge and falling. The sky is falling. Okay. The movie up in a chandelier. Okay, the movie up in a chandelier. All right, the first 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes that movie was. Oh, yeah. um, clouds in the atmospheric layer. Whoa, okay. Cage and health. Cage and House. House, interesting. Up in clouds. Up in up the movie or up up? No, just up. Okay. Uh, heaven and God. Mm. Limit, fragile. Okay. Last atmosphere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 